You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I am your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That's simply at Locked On Cubs. All right. We are coming off of an off day. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday so far. I figured with the off day and with the Cubs' recent struggles of losing six in a row and falling six games back of the Milwaukee Brewers, we're sitting in second place looking up at the Brew Crew, and that's just not a good feeling. And the calendar's turned over to July, and we're looking ahead at what could be a very heartbreaking month for us as Cubs fans as the trade talk starts to loom. But I wanted to take a break from all that. And uh, have a, a kind of a fun podcast. I interview and talk about this upcoming matchup that we're seeing tonight between the Cubs and the Reds. I talk with comedian Josh Sneed. Josh is a diehard Reds fan. He's been on Comedy Central. He's got his own Comedy Central half hour. He tours across the country as a headlining comedian and uh, does a lot of great stuff uh, with the Reds locally as well. Uh, so I think you're really going to enjoy this. We've got a lot of really cool baseball stories. Uh, we, of course, gush about Nick Castellanos, which is something us Cubs fans can relate to because the Reds have him now, and we're very jealous of that because we miss Big Stick Nick. The guy was so much fun as a Cub. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our lockdown rooms. So without further ado, everybody, I hope you enjoy the conversation I have with Josh Need uh, about the Cubs and Reds and just a lot of fun baseball stories to kind of take our minds off what's been going on with our beloved Cubs. We do preview this series, this matchup that's taking place this weekend between the Cubs and Reds. Reds. So without further ado, enjoy. Uh, the one and only Josh Sneed. How are you, buddy? I'm so good, my friend. How are you? Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Thanks for being on the podcast. Right away, I want to talk about someone who I imagine has stolen a lot of Reds fans' hearts. As a Cubs fan, we, we yearn for him still. We miss him. We hope he uses his opt-out and maybe we can reunite with him. And that, of course, is Nick Castellanos. How much is Cincinnati just absolutely in love with that guy? I mean, they're, we're all obsessed with him. I mean, it's I, I can't remember the last time that we had the guy, you know? Like, we've had, we've had Joey Votto, who has always been, for the most part, consistent, but never showed a ton of emotion we've had amir garrett who shows a ton of emotion but but has has been having some issues backing it up lately um but he's the guy that like everybody wants on their team you know he's like he's he doesn't he's not afraid of anyone he says all the right things he he runs every ball out um it's been super fun. I hope they find a way to keep him around. Actually, just a couple minutes ago, it was announced that him and Jesse Winker both made the starting lineup, which is crazy to have two Reds outfielders for a team that can't seem to do anything else, um, to have two guys starting in the All-Star game in the outfield. But he's been – I mean, honestly, he's been good for business. You know, I have a T-shirt company here, and – we have Nick Castellanos shirts for sale at Great American Ballpark. What's the shirt say? Is it just like a picture of Nick? Or we've got a bunch of them, but the one that they're they're selling now it's a it's a black and white image of him, and it just says Legend across the top, and it's from um, <laughs> it's from when he came back off of his suspension, um, and 
one of the fans in the in the front row, I guess, told him to pretend like the ball was Rob Manfred's face, and he hit a I think he hit a home run or a triple. And so during the post game press conference, he basically said, "Interview this guy." And he let the fan do the post-game interview while he just kind of sat to the side like this. And so we put that picture on a shirt with legend above it. That's genius and legendary. I remember that interview. Nick Castellanos may have looked like one of the coolest people without saying any words. He had yeah, he had his arms crossed. He had the hat backwards. Yep. Which you get bonus points for that. The eye black, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, always. Rocking the eye black as always. Yeah, he looked amazing. That dude... He has just got such a way about him that he was only on the Cubs for two months. We traded for him right at the deadline uh, in the 2019 season, a season that was a very frustrating season for a Cubs fan because there's so many ups and downs with players. And it was Joe Madden's last season. Everyone kind of got that sense that Madden and the front office weren't really clicking and Madden was doing a lot of weird stuff with the bullpen. And anyway, when you're losing, Joe Madden's shtick of let's have a petting zoo wasn't as much fun is when you're winning. <laughs> but here comes Nick Castellanos. And it was an exciting trade because it feels like every year there's a trade announced like an hour after the deadline. There's like a 3 p.m. cutoff, and you're like, oh, I guess our team didn't do anything. What the hell? And then all of a sudden at 321, there's reports that the Cubs have a deal with Nick Castellanos. And I remember when we got Nomar Garcia Parra back in the day, same thing happened. Like an hour after the deadline, sports radio went nuts. But he comes in right away, and I knew, I knew from – Tiger fan friends of mine, they were like, this guy has 50, is going to have 55 doubles this year, but mainly because our stadium's so huge. In most ballparks, those are home runs because he, he's such a gap hitter. Yeah. And he comes to Wrigley, and we've got a friendly gap with only 368 at the left center field and right center, and just starts, I think he had 16 home runs in two months with us. Also had a ton of doubles, just was a spark, a fun guy, that guy that just really pumps up his team to the point where he gets a six game suspension for uh, <laughs> how dumb was that suspension? It was terrible. Um, you know, I mean, if there's one thing that Reds and Cubs fans can agree on is how much we hate the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. Yes. And um, the fact that he got that animated, the pitcher who had just hit him in the ribs on purpose was laying on the ground. He flexes and walks away Yadier Molina chases him down, grabs him by the back of the neck as he's walking to the dugout, and, and Nick is the only one who gets suspended. Major League Baseball has something with Yadier Molina. I don't know what it is. He's incredibly overrated. Yes, he calls a great game. He's got a great arm back there, but his career war is even with Jason Kendall, and yet the national media inspired by the Cardinals seems to act like it's Johnny bench back there. And it, oh, it drives me nuts. It's terrible. And, you know, um, someone had pointed out that uh, back in the day when, when Griffey jr. Was with the reds, the MLB had done this campaign called let the kids play. Cause there was all this talk about how he wore his hat backwards and he was having fun. And you know what I mean? He was, he was loose and showed emotion and MLB put this thing out of let the kids play. And uh, it seems like I don't know of a league that has a, a, a more odd uh, look than the, than the front office of Major League Baseball towards its own sport. Like they just seem to squash everything that all of the other leagues that are creating this huge gap 
uh, in front of them are doing and makes them fun and makes them relevant to kids these days. They they just want to squash all that. And I think it's terrible. I love like Trevor Bauer is a great example, obvious a- allegations aside right now, but just the, the personality and, and the way that he treats the social media, like baseball needs guys like him and Castellanos and Javier Baez, like guys that are outspoken and, you know, have some flair, Tatis, Acuna. I mean, those guys are going to save baseball if if the league doesn't stop them. Well, I, I agree 100%. Joey Votto is another guy, too. I know you were kind of saying before he's not like a rah-rah guy like Castellanos, but what Votto does that I love so much is he seems like a really smart guy, Joey Votto. And he does seem to like he had that great interaction with uh, the young seven-year-old girl fan that uh, over like the last <laughs> week. And I remember a story from Votto now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 99% sure this is true, although I heard a third party, that there was a game in which some kid in the front row asked Joey Votto for a ball, and he was like, kid, you're in the front row. You don't need a ball. If yeah. anything, I'm going to throw the ball up up to the upper deck if I could get it up there. That's accurate. That's a true story. There's a great um, – I don't know if you watched uh, David Letterman's um, show on Netflix – but there is an episode with Seinfeld where they actually interview each other. And Joey Votto comes up in that interview and it's very funny. And it talks about the things that he conversations he had with them, like while he was on deck, um, super smart, very funny, huge comedy fan. And um, I think it's, he's underappreciated, but you're just now starting to see that side of him. And he's even said, uh, on on a podcast here locally earlier this year in spring training, he wished he had let this side of him show sooner, you know, because it he really does have fun, and uh, I think for a long time he just seemed like all business, which you know, as a fan, I w- I was still happy with because he was producing, but I certainly love to see the the humor and stuff because he's he's very witty and and dry, but it's super funny. He also has an incredible hairline. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm so jealous of that hairline. I mean, I've got I've got a full head of hair, so I can't complain. But every time he takes off his head, I'm like, man, his hairline. It's like I, a preceding hairline. It starts like an inch above his eyebrows. <laughs> a preceding. It's That's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco free, long cotton pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit and buzz you used to without tobacco. Can you guys do that cool dipper snap thing? You know that. Can you hear it? You know, that cool little wrist trick they do. It's awesome. So it's available in nine flavors. Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. That is the purest form of nicotine available, everyone. So here's what you want to do, okay? You want to go to FullyLoadedChew.com, right? Go to FullyLoadedChew.com. It's offering Lockdown Team listeners a special offer. With promo code LOCKDOWN for just $1, you get a can. They will ship it for free if you use the code LOCKDOWN and checkout. So the next time you go for a dip, make it fully loaded chew, fullyloadedchew.com. I've always, you guys, you've got those guys, you know, Baez, Baez, Molina, as much as I hate to say it, Brandon Phillips was that way. Castellanos, I think people like Castellanos just because of his, his overall attitude. But there's guys that like, if they're not on your team, you hate them. But if they were on your team, they'd be one of your favorite players. Like Baez is that guy for me for the Cubs. 
Definitely. All right. So what else do Cincinnati Reds fans think of the, this current Cubs team and Cubs fans in general? You could lay it on me. You could go. You could be honest. I won't. My listeners will, are cool about it, I'm sure. No, no, no. I won't. I won't trash Cubs fans. Um, I respect Cubs fans because they, you know, even if it was ironic, they were Cubs fans when the Cubs weren't worth rooting for for however long. Right. Very true. I mean, legitimately, like we put good teams on the field and we can't fill up our ballpark. And uh, when the Cubs are in town, there's more Cubs fans a lot of times than there are Reds fans. And um, I think it's a shame because Cincinnati's obviously a historic baseball city, but they always talk about being, you know, so smart and, and such fans of the game. But, you know, when you look around the league and you see the way that the Cubs and the Cardinals and even the Brewers draw fans in their lean years, you know, um, I, I respect that. I wish we were like that. Um, but, but there's just too much of a fair weatherness here to get people out to the game. We, yeah, that is a shame. And I know there's a great history. It's the first national league team. And I'm, I'm very annoyed for Reds fans that that tradition, unless it's still going on and I just didn't notice it used to be a tradition that the first game of every year was the Cincinnati Reds. And I feel like now there's other teams playing on that same day. Yeah. They still, they still start every season at home. But uh, I don't know when it ended. I think it ended, remember, like uh, maybe about a decade ago when they started doing like opening weekend from Japan or something. Oh, know? yeah. Um, I think that was when it officially came to an end because those games were several days before everyone else started. But there was for sure a time where the rest of the MLB couldn't start until the Reds had thrown their first pitch on opening day. What a great tradition! Do you, was there is there still like a parade or a rally? Yeah, outside of global pandemic, it's. I would I would still to this day, you know, as much as I just you know trashed our fans for the attendance through the year. Opening day, there's petitions to make it a holiday in Cincinnati because the whole city shuts down every year for opening day. Huge parade. I mean, it's like the hardest ticket to get the whole year. It's a, it's amazing. It really is amazing. I, I tell everyone, if you ever can make it to a Cincinnati Reds opening day, no matter what team you're a fan of, just the spectacle of it, you can appreciate as a baseball fan. I'd heard that. I, I did the, I don't think it exists anymore, unfortunately. I did the Cincinnati Funny Bone, which was in Newport, Kentucky, just on the other side of the river there, which I found a little funny. And I remember it was St. Patrick's Day weekend I was there. So I went out with people afterwards. I was having a good time. I was featuring for my buddy, Steve Byrne. And everyone was saying, oh, you're a baseball fan? Because I was talking about like baseball stuff with a few people. They're like, you got to come to an opening day. It's, you know, it's the best. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. And they hyped it up to the point where I was like, I really do got to come out for that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that that tradition is still going strong. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and the Funny Bone still exists. They just moved it to the northern side of the city. Oh, okay. Um, good, good. That's yeah. good. I wasn't sure what was going on with that. <laughs> I got a fun little uh, red story for you. I, uh, when I was six, seven years old, I want to say my parents had just got divorced. So it's a little tidbit for the podcast listeners. I don't think I've ever mentioned that. Not that I need to. Um, my <laughs> dad took my sister and I on like little road trips and they were always involving the Cubs. So one year we went to Cincinnati and then Atlanta. And then the next year we went to like, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. I can't really remember, but I remember the Cincinnati game specifically because we saw two games in a row which is a little kid, I thought that was the coolest thing. We caught the end of the Reds-Phillies series, and then the next day, the Cubs were in town. 
And I saw to this day, the greatest catch I've ever seen live. I'll share the link on uh, Twitter, everyone. And I can send you the link, Josh, Lenny Dykstra robbed Chris Sabo of a grand slam slammed into the center field wall so hard. He broke his collarbone. He was leading off the, the inning. You know, he, he caught it to end the inning. He's a leadoff hitter. He took two swings and he had to leave the game with an injury. And another guy took over the at bat and struck out. I mean, he comes into an 0-2 situation. But then I think a couple days later, they announced that they were going to put extra padding in or they were going to put padding in. I don't know what was going on, but it, it was crazy. It was one of the best catches I've ever seen because how far he had to run. Chris, I thought it was a grand slam off the bat. I remember being seven and thinking, oh, they're loaded. Maybe a grand slam, Dad. He's like, I'll tell you what, ice cream if there's a grand slam. <laughs> and Dykstra ruined my ice cream chance. Oh, man. Well, we'll have to make up for that the next time you come down here. I'll get you a little Sunday helmet. But uh, There you go. That's that a great memory. I mean, that's Riverfront Stadium days right there. Yeah, it'll always stick out in my mind, that play. I'll send you the link. I have the link somewhere because I, I had to share it with someone on Twitter not that long ago because someone had one of those things where it's like, uh, quote, tweet this with the greatest catch you've ever seen live and all this other stuff. So have you ever been to Wrigley? I have. Um, I went – so I got – I. I was on a very hot streak for being able to ask comedy clubs if I could come on specific dates that were magically centered around when the Reds were in town. So, nice. um, so I lined it up to uh, to go to uh, Wrigley when the Reds were there, and uh, I, I loved it. I just I love being in those parks that you could just tell were built for baseball. You know, um, I had always heard like Tom Brenneman and Marty Brenneman like you know, talk about how antiquated the facilities were and stuff. But as a fan, like, man, you just sit in there and obviously knowing a lot of the history that went on there, but just, it just has a different feel than something like new and shiny, um, which I have an appreciation for too. I love Milwaukee's park. Um, I love PNC and Pittsburgh and target field in Minneapolis. So those places can be very nice, but Chicago just was like, man, this is like old timey. But there, you know, there's also like a lot of lore about it for someone who's never been there, but always, you know, Chicago and Atlanta were the two teams that you could follow in Cincinnati because their games were always on. Like I'm sure, you know, Roy Wood Jr. is a huge Cubs fan. He's from Birmingham, Alabama, but it's because the Cubs were on a national show. So like there were distinct memories I had of coming home from school and the only baseball game on TV was the Cubs, you know, and finally getting to see that Ivy in person. And, you know, there's, there's very cool factor to that that supersedes like the amenities that you, you know, come to expect now from most ballparks. The ballpark definitely has a magic. It's funny you mentioned Roy Wood Jr. Because I've had him on this podcast and Roy was telling me once that because I said Birmingham, Alabama, you figured Braves being closer. And he said, well, Braves games were often on when uh, the show called Hunter was on. And his dad was a big <laughs> fan of Hunter, which starred uh, this guy who used to play in the NFL. Fred, uh, yeah, Fred, Fred Dwyer or Dryer. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So he couldn't watch Braves games, even though a lot of his friends did. And so he just would watch the Cubs games in the eighties. Cubs had some fun teams, you know, Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg. So that's how he became a Cubs fan. I always thought that was funny because his dad just refused to not miss enough um, reruns too. I think it was of the show Hunter built bar. Everybody, did you know that built bar has nine delicious flavors? 
So when you talk up to your average Built Bar fan, they cannot stop bragging about all the different flavors that they get to try. You know, a lot of these other nutrition bars, well, they got peanut butter. Ooh, big deal. You got a little chocolate. Everyone's got chocolate. Grow up. Built Bar's got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. That's my favorite. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, not regular, double, and salted caramel. Plus 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. Here's the big one, just four grams of sugar, right? All these other ones, you know, they say, oh, we're healthy and nutritious, but then they're loaded with sugar. That's no good for you. So here's what you want to do. You want to go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online, everyone. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You know, if you were to, if you, you know, as a Cubs fan, if you were to bet, say, the starting staff isn't going to go more than four innings the rest of the way, you're probably going to win some money. Sadly, I hate to break it to you, but that looked like it'd be a safe bet. I don't know if that's one of them out there, but check it out. So what you want to do is go to betonline.com everyone so before the next pitch jump on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't send the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get into the action head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on so the Cubs, let's preview this uh, this Cubs-Reds matchup here a little bit. The Cubs are 42-39. and 39. They sit six games back of the Milwaukee Brewers in their nice stadium. I'll admit, too, Milwaukee does have a nice stadium. I spent my 21st birthday you got, there. You have to respect a fan base that will tailgate 81 games a year the way that most people do for NFL games eight times a year. I, I, I will never not be impressed that people tailgate for baseball the way that the Brewers do. That is true. That is true. They do. Uh, they roast a good brat, grill a good brat, I should say. <laughs> and the Cardinals are wedged between my Cubs and your Reds. They're forty and forty-one. They're basically statistically tied with you guys. You guys are thirty-nine and forty, eight games back. Uh, what's uh, what's been the story with the Reds? Because you look at that offense, and and as you mentioned, you have two starters in the National League All-Star team with Castellanos and Winker, and. You got some some good arms in the pit in uh, you know Sonny Gray and so what's been like the story where the Reds haven't really taken off the way some fans would have hoped the bullpen. Um, we were talking about this locally here last week. Um, there's a couple of like crazy things that we're jumping out trying to figure out if the Reds are going to be buyers or sellers here in a couple of weeks. But against the Diamondbacks, the uh, Giants, and the Padres, the Reds are two and seventeen. And against all of the rest of Major League Baseball, they're like 15 games over 500, which is which is wild. But they're um, they're like fifth or sixth in the league in hitting. I think they're 13th in starting pitching, and they're dead last in the bullpen. And we've lost a ton of games where we had the lead, um, and the bullpen blew the lead. I mean, like a lot of games. And I think, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that I love statistics, but I do think there's a psychology aspect to the game that's just like deflating, you know, when you've busted your butt for eight innings and have a lead and then have it blown in the eighth inning for like the fourth game in a row. 
like that has to take a toll on you mentally, no matter what you say in an interview after the game. Yeah. And so that's, what's so weird about this team, honestly, is it's like, would just a couple bullpen arms put us over the top? The brewers are playing out of their mind right now, you know, but this is the first year where the Cardinals and honestly, the Cubs haven't scared us like where I don't go into a series thinking there's a good chance we're going to get swept. You know, I felt that way for a long time, but um, they're hitting the ball. They're scoring runs. They lost a ton of games last year and the year before, you know, two to nothing or two to one because they couldn't score runs when they had like amazing starting pitching last year. They had this, their first ever Cy Young winner last year, you know, and um, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. You know what else I didn't know? Going back to Votto, this is just a fun Reds fact. Last night's home run was his thousandth RBI. He's only the fifth Cincinnati Red to have a thousand RBIs. Could I try to guess a few of the other ones? Absolutely. They're names that you should guess. Yeah, Barry Larkin. No. Really? I just figured with longevity, he would have gotten to a thousand. He's sixth now. Okay, well, Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench. George Foster. Not George Foster. I guess he didn't have the longevity. Uh, Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan. Um, who else were on the big Reds machine there? Oh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose. That's three. And Vado's the fifth, you said? Mm-hmm. So I need one more. Who would be the fourth? I was surprised by this one because I didn't think he would have done it as a Red. Okay, I give up. Frank Robinson. Oh, of course. Yeah, Frank Robinson. Because I was starting to really reach in my head. I'm like, there's no way Eric Davis had that many good years. No, um, no. He's... Although Cincinnati Red Eric Davis, everyone has one of my favorite stat lines. Didn't he have a year in like 1987 or something where he had 27 home runs, but 80 stolen bases? Probably. That sounds that sounds like something he would have done. And, and it wasn't Joe Morgan. It was Tony Perez. Tony Perez. That yeah. makes sense. Because Morgan Joe was the Morgan... leadoff hitter. Yeah, Morgan and Larkin were the two that I guessed that I was wrong, but uh, but it was Perez. Three of the big red machine. I mean, think about how good that team was. My dad was a huge Johnny Bench fan and would always uh, talk about the big red machine. And I remember one of the first base – I don't know why these weird little memories stick out and they're Cincinnati Red-related, Reds-related, but I had a time where I opened up – I think it was like a Don Russ pack of baseball cards, yeah. and the opening card – this would have been 1991, maybe. So it's from the 90 season. It just said Red October, and it showed the Reds like celebrating after sweeping the Oakland A's to win the 1990 World Series. Now, given your age, that must have been your team, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. But you know what? I had this discussion with somebody the other day because they were asking, like, you know, what we were talking about just being Cincinnati sports fans in general. And, and I was talking about, you know, I have a 10 year old son and I'm just trying to make him be a good fan, right? I'm trying to help him learn how to be a good fan of the team, no matter how well the, the team is doing. And, and I, I correlate that to when I was a kid, you know, all through the eighties, the, the couple chances that I got to go to Reds games every year, I could not tell you how good the teams were that, that year, or even if the Reds won that day, I was just so enamored by being at the ballpark or being with my dad you know what i mean and so like i'm trying to do that with my son and um obviously the 90 team sticks out to me because of how magical it was but i have just as much love for 
you know, Nick Asaski and John Franco and Cal Daniels, like Cal Daniels was on that team, but you know what I mean? Like guys that, that were like my childhood heroes just because they played for the Reds, not necessarily because they were on the, the championship team. Do you know what I mean? That makes perfect sense. Like obviously the 2016 Cubs will always be special, but I still love the 1998 Cubs who like, you know, won the wild card, even Cubs teams that did nothing. You know, I remember the 2001 Cubs loving Kerry Wood had a really good year that year that John Lieber and uh, Fred McGriff, who was always a favorite of mine, came over. It was late in his career, but it was still fun to see him in a Cubs crime uniform. Dog. Always, Absolutely. Yeah, I love the crime dog, you know, Tom Amansky commercials, although apparently he never Tom was Man- really. He recently was on some ESPN or something saying like, yeah, I never really met that guy. I just put on a blue hat and said, this guy knows what he's doing. Go go to his camps, kids. See if you can throw a ball into a knocked over trash can from center yeah, Right. Those oh drills were God. in everyone's heads. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like Sean Casey and, uh, Great dude. Dunn. yeah. Like I, those guys. So fun to watch Griffey jr. You know, of course like, the kid. I mean, I would go to the game just to watch Griffey Jr. If, if no matter what place they were in or what their record was, and they've always had a guy like that that would get you know Todd Frazier uh, was a good example of like I don't care what place they were in, I was loving watching him play when when he was doing it. I've met a couple Cincinnati Reds now too. I totally forgot. So Ryan Dempster is a friend of mine. I met him and he was a former red. I met him. He came to a show at the laugh factory. You know, I didn't even know he was in the crowd, but after the show, I saw him walking out. And of course, you know, he said, Hey, great son. I was like, Hey, you know, big fan of yours. And you know, so it's up to him a little bit. And then he's started doing a live show, uh, called off the mound with Ryan Dempster. He did two of them. And I did like the audience warm up. I was like the, you know, comedian who ran out there and, you know, you know, you know, an audience warm up is more for listeners. Uh, if you go to like a live taping, everyone listening, they usually have someone trying to get the crowd revved up and pumped up because Dempster's show was basically like a late night talk show style. He's a big Letterman fan and he had different guests on for the first one. The guests were Ozzie Guillen, Kerry Wood, Sean Casey, and Anthony Rizzo. Nice. And Sean Casey was telling stories better than most stand up comedians you and I have seen. He yep. was unbelievably cool. Like talking to him afterwards, had some beers with him. I had some cousins who were at the show. He was talking it up with them, being real like friendly. Couldn't have been more of a down to earth, just chill guy. And the stories were hilarious. He told a story about being a bedwetter, you know, and it was his. I mean, people were in tears in the crowd, laughing so hard. He stole the show. He's got uh, you've got. uh, I don't know if they're online, but he tells a story about his arbitration meeting and like sweating through the suit that he had for it. And he's got, so uh, his stories are incredible. Um, and I've, I've become friends with him. He came to my show when I was in Pittsburgh, brought me one of his bats, had already signed it. And, um, we went out afterwards. I'll have to send you this video, but, uh, we went to a dueling piano bar afterwards and, uh, they gave him the last song of the night and we did uh take me out to the ball game. So it's like <laughs> singing, take me out to the ball game with Casey at this dive uh, piano bar in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's a surreal moment. And then the 2015 home run derby, I don't know if you know this, he was in a suite at great American ballpark down the uh, left field line and someone hit a bomb 
and he caught it one-handed. Like all of a sudden, it's like everybody's like, "Who? Oh my god! You see that guy catch that ball?" And they put him on the jumbotron, and it's Casey, and he's going, "Yeah!" Like you know, losing <laughs> his mind. He's just a giant child. Yeah, what a good dude. I was uh, a big fan of meeting him, and uh, yeah, I wish nothing but the best for that guy. I'm glad you're friends with him because. He's just such a cool dude. Uh, and another red I met was Adam Dunn when he was playing for the White Sox. The donkey. Yeah. And what he was a really nice guy, too. It was a really weird night. I met him and Jake Peavy. Uh, this bar, I run a comedy show. I called Comedians You Should Know. His name of the show. But the bar uh, is Timothy O'Toole's downtown. And the one waitress knows I'm a huge baseball fan. So uh, my friend Amber was like, hey, I want you to meet these guys. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then she brings me over, and it's Jake Peavy and Adam Dunn. And I'm like, okay, what's what's up, guys? How are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we heard you're a comedian and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, I've, and of course, one or two of them wanted to hear some jokes. I was like, oh, come on. And I said, hey, Peavy, why don't you throw me a fastball real quick? And then they <laughs> laughed, you know. And then I went out, we're like bar hopping with them to like three or four in the morning. That's <laughs> the amazing. The Sox had a day off the next day, if any Sox fans are listening. But uh, not that it matters. This was like 2012, I want to say. Um, but yeah, real nice guy. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of Cubs that I, Travis Wood, uh, great dude, I, was, yeah. I was friends with him for a little bit. I got to know a lot of these guys, um, when they were minor league players, cause reds, the, I'm sure the Cubs probably have something similar. They have reds fest every December. It's this huge event and all the players are there from like every level in the organization. And so they use local celebrities to be in like a wiffle ball home run derby or a poker tournament. And so the wiffle ball home run derby, they would always pair a local celebrity with a Reds minor league player. So that's how I got to know all these guys is when they didn't know anyone, you know, Tucker and Todd Frazier and Travis. And so we just got to talking about comedy and uh, it was, it was him and Chris Heisey and a couple other guys and I gave them my CD, you know, I was, I was, I was so proud that I had my comedy album and I was like, here, you guys want a free CD. And cause they were all leaving to go back to wherever they were from for the rest of the winter until spring training. And whenever I'd see them, they're like, man, we listened to that in our car on the way back. And they got, I got to be friendly with them. And, and one night randomly I'm in, it was actually that weekend I went to Wrigley for the first time. Um, I, after, after the game and after the show that night, I went on Patty Vasquez's show on the radio and we got to talking about the Wiener circle hot dogs and I'd never been. So we said, okay, after the show, we're, we're going to go get a hot dog. So we go over there and while I'm waiting in line up, here comes Travis Wood with his wife. And he's like, Hey, I know you. And I was like, I know you. And I was like, that's so weird. And you know, I told him I was at the game today and he's just super nice guy, but most baseball players are right. I mean, you found that out, right? Yeah. Uh, they're incredibly good dudes. Most of them, you know, um, I think, you know, they're cause it's, they're celebrities, but it's baseball. So I feel like with professional, you know, NFL players and NBA players, high school football and high school basketball, is such a big deal that those guys kind of get big heads early on, you know, where, yeah. I know a lot of in the South, the high school baseball is pretty big. I mean, Chicago high school baseball is not really popular. Like people don't go nuts. There's not pep rallies for it, like football and basketball. So I figure this is just a theory I had that, and they get humbled by being in the minor leagues. So even if you're a hot shot stud, all state high school player, you're going to spend your couple first couple of years riding buses and playing, you know, in small towns across rural America, essentially in a ball. So I feel like that humbles you a little bit. You know, if you're, you know, playing for, again, an A-ball team. If you're playing for the South Bend Cubs, 
you're not going to really walk around like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some tough guy and all that stuff. You're going to learn to be chill. I feel like. And then through that, it, it, it carries over through the majors, hopefully with some, most, you of would hope so. I know, like you said, a lot, a couple of guys have been humbled. So there's a really funny story. Um, I probably shouldn't say the name of the player cause he's on the reds now, but they're a former red Corky Miller. Who's one of my favorite people. He lives in Chicago now. Um, he was, uh, doing a lot of stuff with the Reds minor leagues and they had, they had a very high draft pick to come to single a Dayton and um, would skip the autograph. The kids want autographs after the game. He was the only player that wouldn't sign autographs. And so um, I guess the management in Dayton kind of got on him about it and he still really didn't do it. And he's talking to quirky Miller <laughs> and about how annoying it is that all these people all consistently want his autograph. And Corky says to him, he goes, if you don't want people to ask for your autograph, play worse. <laughs> and I was just like, what a great line to give somebody that's like, you know, that's perspective that probably some of these young guys need. Cause for the first time in their life, they're not, you know, they're not being handed everything that they want whenever they ask for it. And, you know, to talk to someone who's like, dude, I wish, I could have been as good as you are right now. So appreciate this opportunity that you have. And, you know, cause before you know it, you'll be a bullpen catcher. Yeah. You'll be yearning for the days when people recognize <laughs> you. Right. So Josh, tell everyone where they should uh, follow you, listen to your stuff, find you. Where do you want them to go? Uh, great. Yeah. Uh, just Josh Sneed.com Sneed with two E's. Uh, there you can find links to all my social media i'm on all of it so if you're you know twitter facebook instagram look me up on there and and obviously i i will be sharing out my comedy dates so uh hopefully i'll have a date here in chicago uh soon but outside chicago i've got vegas coming up in august at the mgm grand and uh some other stuff getting added to the calendar so yeah if you can make a show come on out but dude uh Great talking to you as always, and uh, hopefully we can meet up and actually watch a baseball game together. Oh, definitely. That'd be awesome. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.